Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, and welcome. This is Brooke Volk, your host and assistant writer to Ken Vernon, the inspired author of the ebook Revelation of Revelation, A Total Fraud, and the published book as well. What you're about to hear on this episode has never been revealed before now in audio format. Listen in now as we introduce this program topic, this one-of-a-kind program, where it is the scripture speaking the truth, through the in-depth scripture studies of Ken Vernon. Good evening, Ken. Good evening, Brooke. And hello to everyone who is joining us tonight, whether you're on the phone or at your computer. For those of you who are on your computer, you can go to Revelation on revelation.com, click on the blog, go to Christianity from Rome, part one, hit read more, and you will have tonight's program on your computer right before your eyes as I begin to read it for you in a few minutes. But first, tonight's program was actually generated by an incident which took place last Friday. Some, some, someone who actually comes from the Christian camp visited the website and decided he didn't like that article that was posted there. So what he proceeded to do was remove the article, the part one portion of the article, and then prepared to do other damage inside my website. Now, I say this person was a Christian. Why would he be so angry and so recklessly disregarding the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States by first invading my site and then tampering with the articles that are sitting there. I was pretty steamy about that, I will confess. Had I been near that person or knew whoever he is, when that was done, there would have been big trouble. Anyway, I put my anger behind me, and Brooke reminded me to search for the purpose, why this all happened. I did, 
and the scriptures came to me from the Messiah's teaching to his apostles, to his disciples regarding the time of the end, when he said that they would be persecuted. This is no less a method of persecution against the assembly by someone from a, from the similar environment. This individual identifies himself once I've read the article, you will see exactly who he is, which Christian camp he comes out of. Uh, very often, we try to treat the Bible as we do most things in our society. We go to the recognized authorities, if we are looking for information, and the people who have a reputation for being the experts in their field. Well, that's very good. Things that concern mankind. When we come to the scriptures, that is not so. And before I begin this program tonight, I'll read you a passage from Matthew 11 and verse 25 from the CJB, the complete Jewish Bible. And it reads as follows. It was at that time that Messiah said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have concealed these things from the sophisticated and the educated, and you have revealed them unto ordinary folk. That's right. Revelation comes to the ordinary people who followed Messiah's instructions when he said, if you continue in my word, you shall come to the place of the knowledge of the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The Apostle Saul, Shaul, actually read the Jerusalem Congregation, the Riot Act, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 5. He said to them, basically, and I'll paraphrase here, when you ought to be teachers, you still need someone to teach you the very fundamental principles. Now, that was a shameful thing for the Jerusalem congregation because they, of all people who had access to the scriptures, should have done a better job. But the point that I will make about that is simply this. He said, when you ought to be teachers, you still need someone to teach you. That is where this program comes from. We are not fundamentals here. We are not teaching fundamentals. We are teaching the meaty stuff, as he told them, that he could not give them because they could not even get past fundamentals. So tonight, this article 
which was removed, as I said, from the website by some a very ignorant person who actually hails from a Christian camp, is actually that which generated tonight's program. I will begin at this time. And here goes the article, which was removed. The title of it is Christianity from Rome, Part 1. Christians everywhere should be aware of the fact that the Protestant revolt came about as a result of the action taken by the people who took exception to the power the Pope was exercising over all of Christianity. From the scriptures, they determined that he had no such authority, and the Protestant Reformation became a reality. What the Reformers failed to do centuries past was to thoroughly examine where Christianity originated. They knew it was from Rome because that's where all the popes sat. That's where all these manuscripts came from. Anyway, let me continue. The Hebrew Scriptures, or the New Covenant Writings, was very skillfully used to promote a single spokesperson to whom they attached the title Pope. The word Pope cannot be found written anywhere in your Bible or in any place in the New Covenant Writings. That includes your New Testament. That should have been a great big red flag to the Reformers, but it was not. Now, let us first look at the name Christian. From Strong's Concordance, we learn it can be found in the book of Acts, chapter 26 and verse 28, and in 1 Peter 4, chapter 4, and verse 16. It can also be found in Acts chapter 11 and verse 26 in its plural form. That should be a red flag to anyone studying the scriptures today. Christianity, if it came from the Bible should certainly have at least a great deal of places in it where the word Christian or Christianity is found. However, it is not the case. Let me continue. Here we must ask the first pointed question. Why is it not found in the Gospels? Makes sense, doesn't it? since that is the place where we first find the name Christ. Every Bible student or scholar knows that the name Christ or Jesus Christ is not written anywhere in the first covenant writings, that is, the Old Testament. 
So then, who is this person we find in the New Covenant or New Testament writings with the name Jesus Christ? That question demands not only an answer, but a detailed one. Since all of Christianity looks forward to their future from Jesus Christ. Simply put, no Jesus Christ, no future. Let's consult the Old Covenant writings to determine from the scriptures the name of the Messiah. Especially since the prophet Isaiah in chapter 52 and verse 6 tells us that the Creator says, and I quote, My people shall know my name. That's the first part of that verse. Since the scriptures assure us that his people would know his name, then let us once again consult the Hebrew scriptures where we can find the Messiah's name. From the prophet Isaiah comes the answer. From the KJV first, and then from the ISR. The ISR being the Institute for Scripture Research. Here we go. Isaiah 7 and verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. The Iosaur reads as follows. Therefore, Yahweh himself gives you a sign. A virgin conceives and gives birth to a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. There we have the answer from two different translations of the Hebrew Scriptures. The name of the child that was was to be born of the virgin woman would be called Emmanuel by his mother. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. <laughs> How interesting is that? Notice the word Jesus is not found in any of those scriptures or Christ. Let me continue. The name of the child was to be born of the virgin, as I said before, by his mother would be Emmanuel. Every English translation of the Bible records the name Emmanuel. Yet, when we come to the New Testament, we find the name Jesus. Here's a bit of information that you might not be aware of. There is no J sound or J equivalent letter in the Hebrew language. The name Jesus is not a Hebrew name. That then makes it impossible for a Hebrew child born in the first century to be given the name Jesus. The people in the Promised Land at that time, spoke Hebrew. <laughs> Here's another interesting point. 
there was no J letter in the English language on the first copy of the 1611 translation of the King James Bible rolled off the presses. At this juncture, we once again must ask another question. Who is responsible for this radical altering of the scriptures in such a reckless manner? The scriptures clearly say, My people shall know my name. The children of Israel, looking forward to their Messiah, would expect Emmanuel, not Jesus. Once again, let's look at the New Covenant writings and see how the people who tampered with the inspired words of the Almighty totally disregarded the warning from Proverbs 30 and verse 6, which says, Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Here are the lies. Let's look at them. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, and verse 22, we read the following. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, I'll go to verse 23, Behold, a virgin will be with child, and shall bring forth a son. And they, catch that word, they, comes into the picture here in the New Testament, which was not in the Old Testament. Let me continue. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God or Elohim with us. We learn from that passage of Scripture that first a prophecy of Scripture was fulfilled and that Emmanuel, God himself, would be that child. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. Verse 20 through 21 is where we find a most profound line purposefully placed within the pages of the New Testament, a lie of astronomical ramifications, because, as I pointed out before, no Jesus, no future. All of Christianity worships Jesus, not Emmanuel, in spite of the fact that the scriptures clearly say Emmanuel. Verse 20 tells us an angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph to inform him that Mary's pregnancy was the workings of the Holy Spirit, which appears to be perfectly normal. However, in verse 21, the angel in this dream supposedly tells Joseph to call the child by the name Jesus, not Emmanuel. See the problem here, folks? That is a bold-faced lie. No angel or messenger from heaven in a dream would speak to anyone in the first century in the English language. This was a Hebrew event in the land of the Hebrew people. Above, 
from the prophet Isaiah, we learn that the child born of a virgin will be called Emmanuel by his mother and shall call his name Emmanuel. The English translators added the word they. They shall call his name Emmanuel. To that pit, added that line or that name or the word they to that passage. Two major lies at this point. The reason we can emphatically call them lies is because the Holy Spirit, which inspired the prophet Isaiah, also inspired the gospel writer. So the words must be exactly the same. The same lie can be found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1 and verse 31, which reads as follows, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. <laughs> the prophet Isaiah wrote Emmanuel, not Jesus. Let's look at the word Christianity a little bit more. In Acts 11, verse 25 through 26, we find the following words written. Verse 25. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus, for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. Catch the next sentence. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. I have written here, note, keep in mind the word first in that passage. Here once again we find another fraudulent sentence strategically placed at the end of verse 26, which reads, And the disciples were called Christians first, very first time, in all the scriptures, in all the New Testament writings, we find in the book of Acts, nowhere else, not in the Gospels, but in the book of Acts, that the disciples were called Christians. That sentence is irrelevant to Saul and Barnabas teaching the Nazarenes the church. Don't forget, this incident occurred long after the Messiah departed and also long after Saul was called into the work many years later. Let's look at some more proof. In Acts 24, sometime later, we find Tertullius accusing Saul, in verse 5, of being a pestilent fellow, accusing him of being the ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes, not the Christians. Emmanuel, according to the scriptures, in Matthew 2 and verse 23, was to be called a Nazarene. That is scripture. He was to be called a Nazarene. 
Small wonder the first century congregation was known as a sect of the Nazarenes. During the Messiah's ministry, the disciples were called Nazarenes. At least three and a half years before the days of the apostles. Note, not Christians, but Nazarenes. That fraudulent sentence says they were called Christians first in Antioch. Folks, they were never, ever called Christians. The word first in Antioch from that fraudulent passage, we learned that the Messiah was never called Christ, nor his disciples Christians during his ministry. Some comments at this point before I take this back to Brooke. The very writing of the words of the people who tamper with the scriptures convict them of telling lies. And as it says in Proverbs 30 and verse 6, add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a lie. So tonight, you have seen firsthand lies put in your Bible, and the people who put it there convicted, convicted themselves for the lies which they placed within the Scriptures. Over to you, Brooke. Thank you, Ken. Revelation of Revelation. That's exactly what you have been listening to. A revealing of simplicity. The simple truth. And it's been there all these millennia in scriptures that have been taught to us down through centuries. And we've always, and to this day, referred to the name Jesus. It seems pretty odd that no one of the educated Christianity world has come across these scriptures and bring them to the forefront to let people know that in the end of the ages, the truth would be revealed, and in such a way that Ken Vernon has nothing that he is adding to or taking from scriptures. He is simply bringing you the truth through scriptures themselves, of which no one can argue. But those who are argumentative or those who found a way to disrupt a website and take off remarks of truth, we all have experiences with those types of individuals in our private lives. So we can't keep an eye out, but someone who is much more in tune with the silliness of this world understands the human nature and the human way and how easily we are swayed and tempted by the remarks and the fearful remarks of those words that were added to Scripture. This is an important time here in the United States. We have representatives from a foreign land right here on our own land, came in, I believe, yesterday, and he is being accepted as a wonderful, wonderful individual, which no doubt he is, and yet he represents centuries upon centuries of a wide world, wealthy religion of which many 
are belonging to or a very fine line. Some are belonging to other sects that are derived from that form of Christianity. Ken and I both, over our 25-plus years of knowing one another and knowing where we have studied Scripture, it was Ken who was able to have a revealing knowledge some years ago of what I was not comfortable feeling probably five years prior to that. And I've had it for decades in my own life. And that is simply something tugging at me and saying, this doesn't feel right. If you happen to be in such a a, a pronounced part of your life that you want to seek the truth and you feel more comfort in what is being explained to you through the simplicity of revelation of revelation, seek the truth. Take the scriptures that Ken has been been inspired to bring to you and for your own edification, for those who are seeking the truth, you'll then begin to understand. Each week that we have a program, it's archived on the talk shoe format. There have been difficult times. There have been disruptions of various uh, publishing formats. Yet TalkShoe has been steadfast in allowing our programs to be here for worldwide review anytime. I encourage everyone listening tonight to re-listen to this episode again and again. There are various scriptures that are clearly stated and point out Ken's subject topic tonight. Christianity from Rome, part one. Look forward to part two. Ken, thank you so much for bringing this revelation. And to our next program, this is Brooke Volk, assistant writer to Ken Vernon. Visit revelationofrevelation.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.